Hey everyone, it's Deb. Or Debbie. Or Deborah. Actually, when I was younger and when I was married, I went by Debbie. And then when I became single, I went to a singles activity and I had a friend, you know, everybody knows somebody who shortens the names, which I actually do too. But anyway, he introduced me to everyone as Deb. And so everybody just started calling me Deb and I thought, it's the new me. It's a new leaf, my new life, all this stuff. So anyway, I've been Deb since. And maybe when I get married someday, I'll go by Deborah. Or maybe not, because it sounds old and super mature, which I'm neither. So I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. So anyway, I had a fantastic week full of learning, connecting with people, and lots of fun. I was able to attend a conference on building my business, and it was amazing. So the three things I'm grateful for are centered around that. First of all, I am grateful for successful women who share their knowledge and experience. Those women who've blazed the trail before me and are willing to share their secrets of success with me, I'm super grateful for. I'm also grateful for my kids and that they like to hang out with me. I was able to go to the conference with my daughter and we had a blast. She's so much fun. We were going into the conference and then they opened the doors and some people started running and I wanted to because I wanted a good seat, but I didn't want to do it myself. And so when I looked over and she started running, we totally ran to the front. And I know people like that are annoying, but we did it and we had fabulous seats. So anyway, I was glad that we were on the same page as far as that goes. But we were able to learn and we laughed and we ate yummy food. And if you haven't been to Pretty Bird in Salt Lake, you should go because it's amazing. I'm also grateful for a gift from God that I have. And that's my ability to remember names and faces. I've been able to my whole life and it's served me in all parts of my life. And so I was standing out in the foyer waiting for my group to head to lunch for the break at the conference when a big group of people walked by and headed up the stairs. And there was one woman who walked by and she looked super familiar to me, but I still wasn't sure. And then I thought, wait, that's Lisa. I went to school with her. And then I second guessed myself and I didn't want to make a fool of myself, but then I thought, hey, I'm at this conference to get out of my comfort zone and to be okay with being awkward. So as the group was headed up the stairs, I thought, uh, it wouldn't hurt to yell, Lisa! Because if she didn't turn around, I could pretend I was calling somebody else. I could really pull it off. But she did turn around. I asked her if she remembered me and she did. So I gave her a hug, we chatted, we got all caught up on each other's lives. And it was cool because we both needed help from each other. So we both knew that it wasn't a coincidence that we met there at the conference, that we reconnected because I seriously hadn't seen her. I went to middle school with her and hadn't seen her since then. So I'm grateful for my gift that I was able to recognize her and also grateful that she still looked like she did when she was 14. Just kidding, she didn't. But similar enough that I could recognize her. All right, let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard this? Hey, I have the perfect person for you. I'm pretty sure if you've been single longer than three months, you've heard that. So today's podcast is on blind dates. Debbie Does Dating with your host, Debbie Clawson. Sponsored by Dating by Deb. So imagine with me this scenario. Someone that you've known for years, someone you would call a friend says, 
hey, I want to line you up with my wife's uncle. You guys would have so much fun together. I just feel like he's perfect for you. So since you've had a few previous experiences with blind dates that didn't go so well, you're a little gun shy, so you need a bit more information. So you ask, all right, what's he like? What are his hobbies? In my case, how tall is he? What does he look like? I'm not shallow, but let's be honest, that's kind of important. So he says, um, I don't really know. I've never met him. And then there was silence because I was processing what he had just said. What? Yep, this podcast is for you married matchmakers. We love you, but you need some guidance. Before we dive in though, it's the awkward dating moment. This one was shared to me by a friend of a friend. She was out on a double date at a really nice restaurant when the waiter came over after they'd gotten their meals and asked them how the plates were. My friend said she looked at the plates and said, the plates are very pretty. (laughs) The couple with them busted up laughing. I feel for the girl. That's totally something I would have done. But really, I think it's the waiter's fault. I mean, who asks about the plates and not food? They need to be more specific for people like us. (laughs) Yeah, that would be super embarrassing. So that previous scenario of the guy trying to line up his wife's uncle happened to me. I'll bet it's happened to each one of you singles out there. For the end of that story, no, I didn't go on a date with him just because we were both single. I'd love to hear your blind date horror stories and success stories because it does turn out once in a while. So if you can DM me on Instagram or Facebook, it's Dating by Deb. I would love to hear your stories. So why do you think married people feel like they need to set us up? I know it's not just married people lining us up, but I feel like in my experiences, the married people are the ones that don't ask the questions. So I think they've got good intentions. I mean, if they're a friend of yours, they want the best for you. And I think it's great that they are so happy in their marriage that they want you to share the same, but they should get more information. I also think though that they can't imagine being single and think it would be horrible to be alone. And obviously we're wanting to get married. I've even heard them say, so-and-so needs to be married. Who do we know that we can line him or her up with? Or she must be so lonely, we need to find someone for her. But little do they know that it's not all that bad to be alone. In my case, I've had kids for 32 years now and I kind of like my alone time when I get it. I'm sure someday I won't as much, but it's true that we go through stages of loneliness. I remember on my journey, the year after I was divorced, I was a total wreck. I could barely walk straight with that glazed over eyes. I remember after being single for about a year, my son was getting ready to serve a mission for our church in Africa for two years. And he wasn't one to share his feelings very often, so when he did, I knew it meant a lot to him. So he said, Mom, don't get married while I'm gone. And in my mind, I thought, are you kidding me? You're going to make me wait for two years? And that was 12 years ago. A few years after that, I got to the point in the loneliness scale where I really just wanted someone to talk to and someone who cared about me. I remember coming home from a singles activity really late. It actually was early in the morning. And this sounds really pathetic, but I know some of you out there know exactly what I'm talking about. I walked in the house in the early morning hours. I grabbed my phone and then I let all of Facebook land know that I had gotten home safely. You're welcome. (laughs) Don't judge me. I know I'm not the only one who did that. But then a few years later, I also added that I wanted someone to help me with all I had to do. I was overwhelmed and I needed a helpmate. 
Um, now that I say that, it sounds really weird. You know what I'm talking about though. A helper. I remember when something would break in the house or the car lost a tail light, I'd think, why can't I have a husband who can take care of these things? Then I would wipe away my frustrated tears, search it up on YouTube and take care of it. After that, the phase was something in the house would break. On the way to Ace Hardware to get the parts, I'd think, ugh, it would be nice to have someone to help me with this. And then I'd spot the part I needed and get it done. Phase five, the tub faucet broke and the thought of a husband didn't even enter my mind. I got the part, fixed it, and took a bath. These phases are all part of the healing process. So if you feel like we may be lonely, it's possible. But whatever stage we're at, we want real connections. Someone who understands, someone with similar interests, someone we can have fun with to take our minds off the hard stuff in our lives. We don't wanna be lined up with random strangers just because they're also single. So when I hear, hey, I have the perfect guy for you, but I've never met him. No thanks. Hey, my nephew's super cute. He's 30, but he likes older women. Uh, every 30 year old single guy likes older women. So that's a no. Hey, my neighbor just got out of prison and is looking to date. Uh, super no thanks. Just kidding, I haven't really heard that last one, but I'm sure the ex-cons need love too. I was talking to an acquaintance once who said those familiar words, hey, I've got the perfect guy for you. And by this time, it happened enough where it was a little comical, so I just waited to see why we were so quote unquote perfect for each other. I said, oh really? Yeah, he's really rich, which by him saying that showed me he didn't really know me very well because that's not my top priority. His kids are all grown. He's got a huge house with lots of property. I said, okay. And just to clarify, I'm 6'1", and I've produced seven giants. So it kind of makes sense that I want someone taller than me. And he said, I think he's like four inches shorter than you, and I don't think he's active in church, which that's important to me. I want to have similar values and goals as far as spirituality and religion go. And I've had to drag seven kids out of bed every Sunday morning for church, and I don't want to do it again. So yeah, he sounds perfect for me, doesn't he? But not every single person thinks that being set up is a negative thing. I spoke with a guy, a friend of mine, and he felt the total opposite. He thinks blind dates are the best. He doesn't have to ask the girl out. There's no pressure because neither of you know that if you connect or not, so it's no big deal. I'm sure he'd love it even more if the person that lined him up actually paid for the date too. I think he'd probably feel like he's died and gone to heaven. All right, another quote unquote friend at work said, I wanna line you up with a guy my husband works with. You guys would get along so great. Okay, and just to clarify, not all of the blind dates I've been on have been negative experiences. I feel like this is more like a don't do this part because I don't know, it clarifies more why you need to ask more information. So anyway, she said, I wanna line you up with the guy that my husband works with. You guys would get along great. You'd have so much fun together and I'm sure you'd hit it off. So I worked customer service at the time and she was a cashier. A guy came up to the counter and while I was helping him, I could see somebody flapping their arms in the distance back behind him. And it was her and she was motioning to me that that was him. I looked at him, I stood across from him and the top of his head came probably to chin level. And I smiled and after a polite short conversation, no pun intended, <laughs> he asked for some cigarettes, which would be fine, but I don't smoke and I don't wanna date somebody who smokes. So the point is, did she even know me at all? So what do you need to know before you line us up? A whole lot more than you do. 
both being single is a good start. We're not into dating married people. Although I can't speak for everyone, I just feel like that it would really complicate things. So first find out where they are in their dating process. Are they dating to find friends and just have fun? Because in that case, they'll be more likely to totally trust your opinion and just go for it. It'd be better than another episode of Downton Abbey with the cat. On the other hand, if they're really serious about finding someone for a long-term relationship, you're gonna need to find out more info, such as what are your friend's interests? You can ask more specific questions like, what do they like to do on their day off? Find out what each person is looking for. And then maybe say, hey, I know this awesome guy. He's tall, he lives close by, he has three kids part of the time and works at blank. I've seen him play pickleball and he loves to fish. Would you be interested in being lined up? That makes it easier for us to make a decision without the pressure of you thinking that we'd be perfect for each other and then the possibility of crushing your matchmaking heart. We do trust your opinion if you are a good friend to us. I had a friend share one of his experiences as a married person. A friend came to him and said, so-and-so wants to line me up with blank. He thinks we'd be great together. I know you know him, so I'm asking what you think of him. My friend said, well, I don't know him super well, but from my interactions with him, I've observed that he is late most of the time and he seems to be unorganized. And she said, thanks, that's a no. All right, for all of you unorganized people out there who are totally offended now, just chill. Or I could give uh, my friend your information if you wanna date that unorganized guy. <laughs> so, but would you rather have a friend not give you their opinion about the possible blind date? I mean, it's her choice. She can take that information and do what she wants with it. Maybe her ex is a super slob and the thought of it gives her PTSD. You don't know what some people are willing to live with and what some people aren't. After all, we're not perfect. Each of us does something that would annoy someone else. I know that's hard to swallow sometimes, but it's true. We just need to find that one person who fits our lives with the quirks, pet peeves, annoying habits and all. My guess is that all the married folks would agree. So, to my fellow single friends, don't shy away from being lined up by a friend. Who knows, you may just find a new friend who understands what you're going through, or for selfish reasons, you may just be able to provide me with some great awkward dating moments for my book. Or, you may just find that one person who's willing to overlook the fact that you bite string cheese instead of peeling it. Ah, true love. So let's get out there and meet people. Take all the opportunities to learn about your dating self and be comfortable with who you are. The more practice you get, the better you'll be. I feel like if you get good at dating, you can have fun no matter what. And if you absolutely hate blind dates, don't do it. But I can promise you that you'll be missing out on some opportunities to improve yourself and to help others at the same time. And you may just have a little fun. That's what it's all about. Happy blind dating. I'll see you next time. Also pun not intended. Debbie Does Dating with your host, Debbie Clawson. Sponsored by Dating by Debs.